Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Omicron has, has, has now been challenging us in a way that uh, it's the new enemy. Look, we're also increasing testing. Should we have done more testing earlier? Yes, but we're doing more now. I'm Annie Reese. This is Politico Dispatch. On Wednesday, President Biden gave a press conference, and he name-checked COVIDtests.gov, the new site allowing Americans to request four free at-home COVID tests. He also basically conceded that the government should have gotten out on top of testing earlier, which begs the question, why is the huge-scale effort that the administration is making on testing and distribution of N95 masks happening now? rather than months ago. Reporter Adam Kankren is here to dig into all of this and more. Adam, you're joining me from dental surgery? <laughs> I'm joining you after a little bit of a dental procedure. It's actually a pretty good healthcare lesson to get your <laughs> dental work done as early as possible. <laughs> because now I, here I am, an adult, getting, uh, getting my first pair of braces on. They're the hidden kind, though. It's been a good reporting experience to see just how far dental technology has advanced <laughs> in the last 20 years. It really has. It's amazing. Uh, the only downside is it's going to take me a little bit to learn how to talk with these. Can you say strategic national stockpile three times fast? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we got a new website this week, covidtests.gov. Is this the new acahealthcare.gov? <laughs> <laughs> let's hope not. Really, let's hope not. It's it's similar in scope and ambition, hopefully without all the bugs that ended up kind of derailing the ACA website back in 2014. It feels like forever ago. But this one basically has one simple function, which I think makes it a lot more straightforward. It is to make sure that you can sign up to get your allotment of four tests per household sent to your home within the next few weeks. It's a very straightforward site run by the Postal Service. I did it yesterday. I did too. Put in your name, put in your address, and they say, all right, a few weeks, it'll be on the way. So front end, really easy for most people. And we can get into some of the early glitches. But back end, we'll kind of see how long it takes to get there. And, and obviously, you know, four tests, not, not a ton, but it's something. It's something. I want to get into the glitches, but first I keep flashing back to Jen Psaki back in December when she was asked about COVID tests, sort of sarcastically saying, like, should we just send one to every American? Complicated, though. Why not just make them free and give them out to, and have them available everywhere? Should we just send one to every American? Maybe. Then, then, what, ha then what happens if, you, if every American has one test? How much does that cost? And then what happens after that? And now the administration is basically attempting to do that. So first, could you just take me through the blowback from that statement to where we are now actually sending tests to anyone who applies? And at the time, what Jen Psaki said was the reality is the White House felt like it would be a waste of resources. It wouldn't make a huge difference, you know, substantially uh, to send everybody a number of COVID tests. And what they were doing is they were looking overseas at countries that had actually done that, that had decided we're going to mail everybody in the country a number of mm -hmm. tests. 
And they looked at it and they said, one, the cost was enormous. Yeah. And two, it didn't seem like it was making a huge difference in keeping the cases low, especially amid Omicron. That is where they were at the time. I, I think a couple things changed. One, you saw the kind of severe blowback yep. and this feeling that this is the federal government. We are in a crisis state. The government should be doing whatever it possibly can, no matter whether it's going to be massively differential or even just make a difference to a few people, right? And secondly, they were able to structure a program that basically said, you know, we're not going to mail these out to everybody, whether they want them or not. This allows you to use existing, you know, infrastructure in the Postal Service. And it, it allows people who really, really want these tests to go and request them themselves. So it's more of an opt-in rather than a big spending, you know, send everybody a test whether they, they want, want it or not. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the bugs or what were some of the early glitches we are seeing with covidtest.gov and, and things you're really looking out for? Well, the big thing that we ran into uh, on the first day, and this was the day before official launch, and the whole idea was to work out any of these these bugs. The big issue we saw was that in certain apartment buildings, multi-unit houses, one person would go on, put in their address, get the tests, right? Then a second person in that same building would try to do the same thing, and the, and the website would come back and say, sorry, you've already ordered. Mm. The explanation that we got from the government was essentially that in a number of buildings, older buildings most likely, landlords haven't registered those units, as th those buildings as multi-units, right? So uh, the Postal Service's records say there's only one, one, you know, one dwelling here. There's only one, uh, there's only one unit here, and therefore four tests only, right? And so that's something that they're working to fix now. Uh, the, the White House says that, look, this is a very affecting a very small amount of people, not going to be a huge deal. The counter to that, obviously, is, look, uh, it could disproportionately affect people who are lower income, who live in group homes or who live in apartment buildings, uh, especially older buildings. And so we'll have to see how and how quickly that gets worked out and how big of an issue that ends up being. The, the other issue, and this is less of a, a technical glitch and just more of the reality, four tests, not that many, yeah. especially if you are a family of six or of eight, you mm -hmm. know? So it'll be interesting to see how much of a difference this actually makes and if the administration ends up opening this up again, allowing people to order additional tests down yeah. the road. And something you've written about, which is just sort of part of any rollout like this, but our equity issues, right? Like if you don't have good access to the internet, it's harder to, to get on and, and request tests. Exactly. And, and there's supposed to be a kind of phone, you know, a call center component to this. My colleague Ben Leonard reported the other day that that will be coming online, but not likely until the end of the week, right? So we'll have to see how that works as well. So it is a lot of kind of moving parts. It's going to take a little bit to kind of work out. I, I think the goal in this initial kind of what they called a beta launch was to figure out where there are going to be bugs and to try and kind of fix those as soon as possible before there's even the opportunity of it becoming a healthcare.gov-like failure. Yeah. And another big thing we've seen this week is N95 mask distribution, which is coming after weeks of debate about whether the administration should step in to distribute masks. Why did they decide to, to distribute masks now? Well, this is a lot the same like the tests, is that early on, 
there was a feeling, even as Omicron cases rose, that doing something on testing, doing something on masks wasn't really the top priority. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really going to do a big, wasn't going to make a big difference in slowing the spread. And what we've seen in both these counts is that, number one, public pressure, and number two, the feeling in the White House that they need to show that they were getting their arms around this problem. On masks, what they're doing is they're taking 400 million from our strategic national stockpile, which is, you know, the uh, the uh, amount of protective gear and masks and other equipment, medical equipment that the government has on hand for emergencies like a pandemic. And what they're doing is going to take those and distribute them to pharmacies, to community health centers, that so that people can go and pick up those masks if they want them for free. There's going to be a, a, a number of sites, I think they said tens of thousands of sites around the country, and people will be able to go up, go and pick those up for free if they want some extra masks. And these will be high-quality N95s, uh, the kind that really have shown most effective against Omicron. As you sort of mentioned, is there a frustration at all among public health officials that this is a little too little too late? I mean, Omicron has been the dominant variant in the United States for well over a month. Or are they just happy the Biden administration sort of made it to the party? I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's a feeling that both of these initiatives are good ideas, are things that uh, are positive and will make a difference, but only if they had come, you know, 60 days earlier, 30 days earlier. Mm -hmm. So what you're getting here is kind of this delayed reaction to what public health experts have been calling for 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 weeks now. And there's a certain element of frustration in there, you know, things that a very vocal public health community and frankly, much of the public can kind of see as an obvious step that the White House has been reluctant to take or has taken belatedly because they have so many things going on at once and are trying to kind of prioritize where those resources go. Uh, so you have a little bit of this tension between public health experts who want to just do everything possible, do it all at once, and a White House that feels like they need to be more pragmatic and really kind of take a step back and, and make decisions deliberately. The risk there is that you end up making them too late. And now you have something that's coming out that will make a difference, hopefully, against Omicron, but maybe not as much of one as it would have earlier in the year. Well, and you and I have talked about the two Americas, you know, the the way that COVID has been politicized and the way that things like mask mandates and other preventative measures operate really differently in different states. Because several states have already dropped mask mandates and maybe aren't engaging in other preventive measures as much. This is sort of like a huge scale effort, it feels like, for just a partial part of the population. So in my reporting, one of the things that was really interesting that emerged is this idea that public health experts were pushing to just send a mask, send, to, send a package of masks to every person in the United States. And the skepticism within the administration about doing that was this concern that People who were anti-mask, right, would get these masks in the mail and they would make big shows of tossing them in the garbage or burning them or something like that, right? It would turn into a political mm -hmm. statement. And the concern was, you know, while it would be great for everybody to just get a package of masks in the mail, the, the damage and the divisiveness that that could create when you have people trying to go viral, for example, by ripping up masks or, or throwing them in the garbage might do just as much damage as if, you know, uh, Omicron just kind of continued to spread. Mm -hmm. So that was part of kind of the, the wrangling here in figuring out, okay, what is effective and what's going to be effective, not just for the people who are eager 
right, to do anything they can to slow the spread. But for the people across the country who maybe have varying levels of feeling about how serious COVID still is. Adam Kankren, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you. Anytime. Also today, former German Chancellor Angela Merkel turned down a top United Nations job offer. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres wanted Merkel to lead a UN advisory board on global public goods, but the job conflicted with Merkel's stated retirement desires of sleeping and reading. And a group of big-dollar donors who spent millions electing Kirsten Cinema and other Democratic senators is threatening to sever all funding to Cinema if she doesn't drop her opposition to changing Senate rules in order to pass voting rights legislation. The group includes Emily's List, a political action committee that's one of Cinema's top financial supporters. Today's episode of Politico Dispatch included music composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Be sure to follow Politico Dispatch if you haven't yet, and if you can, leave us a rating and review. It helps more people find the show. I'm Annie Reese. Thanks so much for listening.